Today's daf is daf samaches. We are holding at the two dots about five lines from the bottom of Samach Zayin Amud Beis. So we had yesterday two shitas in understanding the impact of Yush. Yush is when the owner gives up hope of ever getting his item back. Voilon the and kiss. He's lamenting the loss of money for the item that he has lost. So we have one sheet that holds that Yush alone is Kona. That means that the Ganev, in possession of the item, if there has been Yush, he no longer has to return the item itself. He only has financial responsibilities, has to pay the value of the item, because Yush makes it as if he now becomes the new owner. Whereas we had other opinions that Yush alone does not have that type of impact. And it might be that if it's Yush and a Shinurushus, i.e., let's say it's Yush and he sold it, then this, the, the buyer now would be the new owner because the Yush, together with the Shinurushus, takes it, makes it a complete transferal. But Yush alone does not have that impact. And those two opinions is going to be the main thrust of today's daf. Now, we had in the Mishnah that a Gonav Achra Ganav, that the person steals, Ganav B steals from Ganav A. So Ganav B does not have to pay for, uh, for Kefal. So because Ganav B Saish has to steal, you only pay Kefal if you steal from the house of the owner, you don't pay Kefal if you steal from a Ganav. Now the Karen, the implication is that you do have to pay the Karen. Now if the item's intact, then sure you have to give back the item, but what does it mean you have to pay the Karen and uh, so, so uh, why might you have to do that? We'll discuss that a little. There are the Achronim Seip shot over here. Let's, Let's see the Gemara. So it says as follows. So, uh, that Ganav B does not have to pay Kefal. So I'm a Rav. So Rav says that only if there was no Yush while it was in the domain of Ganav A. But if after Ganav A had stolen, the owner was Miyayish, then that would make Ganav A the new owner. And then if Ganav B steals it from Ganav A, then there will be Kefal. Who's going to have to pay Kefal? Ganav B will have to pay Kefal to who? To Ganav A. So Ganav A has to do deal with the owner. He has to pay Kefal to the owner. But Ganav B now has to pay the Kefal to Ganav A because Ganav A is considered Beisaish because Yush alone is Kona according to the opinion of Rab. So therefore, like we said. So Amarav Sheshis, or Sheshis again, this is the last couple of days been very stark in the terminology. Amina, that I think that Kinaim Veshachiv Rav, Amarlahashmaita, that he must have been uh, dozing off and falling asleep when he said over this teaching. It cannot be that Yush alone is Kona. What's the Raya, the sign we learned in a Brysa? Amarav Yakiva, Mipneima Amra Teira, Tavachomachar, Misham, Shlumit, Arav Chavisha. Why is it that the Torah is so harsh, so severe, that if somebody steals, he's only have kefal. But if he shechted or he sold the animal, so then it goes, the ante gets bumped up to either dal or hay, depending on what the Shorah said. He says, the Rebbe says that the reason is, the svara, the logic behind it is, because he has rooted himself in the sin. Now the Gemara assumes right now, what that means is, 
that he's created a situation that it becomes irreversible. Now we'll talk about shechita, clearly that makes it irreversible. Shechita basil, the way we pass, and if you do a significant shinu to the owner, you don't give back the item to the owner, you have to pay money to the owner. So understand shechita. The question is, why is mechira nishtarish bechet? How has that become irreversible? That's gonna be the discussion over here. So now, Amos, let's discuss this. If the mechira happened, so the tvicha we understand, if we understand nishtarish means that you have created a deeper roots into the odor item that was stolen, that you've made it irreversible. I understand shechita, you made a yeshino maisa, you don't give back the item, that's why you're getting doubled, you're getting, uh, you're getting it on top of the cake, well you have to make down of the hay. You've done something that makes the item now no longer uh, uh, return re- reversible, you can't give it back to the owner. But how is sale considered to be irreversible? Now if there was no use, so then, if you sell something and there was no yush, so then, uh, and how is it irreversible? That's the owner's animal. The fact that it's in the hands of the buyer, the buyer doesn't own it, the seller had no right to sell it, the seller was the ganav, and there was no yush, nothing made it that it should be owned or taken away from the original owner, so that's not nishtarish bechet, so why should they be dalad hey by a mechira? So ella must be la'achar yush. It must be that there was yush. There was yush here. Now let's understand this. How does it work? If it's the Yush alone, Isal Kedaitech, Yush alone is Kani. So then let's think about this for a moment. That you have the original owner. of A stole it. The original owner was Mayayish. Now if the original owner was Mayayish, fine. of A has to pay Kefal. But now he goes and sells it. Now when he's selling it, whose item is he selling? If you all like Rav, that Yush alone is Kona, whose, owner, whose item is of A selling? He's no longer seling the owner's owner. Whose item is he selling? It's the thieves. It's the thieves. It's the thieves. So why would you have dalit on it? Must be that it, that even if you hold that Yush has an impact, it only has an impact together with what? With a shinurishus when he sells it. The change of domain. By the way, shinurishus only means through a sale or through making it hegdish, but it doesn't mean when you stole it. Stole it is not a shinurishus. We don't consider that a shinurishus. But the point is that it must be that what makes it. Now that you're high of the Dalit Vehei is because it becomes irreversible. Why does it become irreversible? It's the use together with the sale that makes it no longer belongs to the owner, and that's why you have the Dalit Vehei. So this, says Rab Sheshes, is the reason why it's not possible. How could Rab even have thought to say Yush alone works? Because if Yush alone works, then the Ghana who sold it would not be high of Dalit Vehei. That's the point. So therefore, Why would Ganav A have to pay Dalit Vehei? He's shechting his own animal. He's slaughtering his own. Uh, he's selling his own animal. There should be no Dalit Vehei. Must be what creates the irreversible component of the transaction is the actual Shinu Rishus together with the Yush. So the Yush on its own is for sure, Yush on, so Yush on its own can't work. And by the way, Shinu Rishus on its own is meaningless. It has to be with the Shinu, with, with the Yush, but together makes it irreversible. So that is uh, the question that Rav Sheshus asks on Rav. So Amri, to so Yeshiva answered, like we're going to see later on today's da, that a similar answer was posed and Rava answered it over there. The same answer Rava gives over here, there, he gives over here. That when Rabbi Akiva said, the reason why you have to pay Dalit Vehei for Tvicha and Mechira is not because, it's not Nishtarish. Nishtarish doesn't mean that you've made it irreversible. 
Nishtaresh means from the word, it, it means that it's your nishtana. means the Avedas become rooted in you, not anything that you've done permanently to the item. That's not, that's not what it means. It means that you've shown that the Avedas is permanent in you, that you now have doubled down on your sin. The first thing you did, you took it away from the owner, you stole it. Now you're doubling down, you're taking it even further away from the owner. Either you're slaughtering it, so you're, you're, you're repeating the same type of Avera. You're taking something away from someone that you don't own. Either you slaughtered it or you sold it. You gave it to a third party. But it has nothing to do with permanency. It's got nothing to do with re- that it's reversible. It's got nothing to do with that. So it's not Nishtaresh. It doesn't mean Nishtaresh like we thought de-rooting into the item itself. It's a root into you. That you yourself have shown that you're a type of person that you repeat, that you're a repeat offender. That's why you have to pay more. So it comes out that we're not talking about whether it was Yush. So there we're going to here too means that he repeated the Avera. But we're not talking about whether it was Yush. Because if there was Yush, according to Rav, then you would not be Chayav Dalet Vehei if you sold it. Because if you sold it and there had been a Yush, you're the owner and therefore you cannot be Chayav on that sale for Dalet Vehei. You're only Chayav where there was no Yush. So why are you Chayav? Because you were Shona Bechet. You repeated the same type of Avera twice. All right. So therefore, that's we have here a very deep, a rooted machlokus over here, no pun intended, between Rav and Rav Sheshis. According to Rav Sheshis, Yush alone doesn't work. It could be Yush with Shina Roshus, but not Yush alone. According to Rav, Yush alone makes you the new owner of the item. Ask the Gemara right away a brysa that seems to be completely in, con- in contradiction to the Shita of Rav. Come and listen. The Torah juxtaposes two acts for Dalad Vehei. One is either shechting the item, one is sale of the item. Says the brysa, is exactly this point that just as Tvicha. The act of shechita is a permanent act that it's not retractable. We understand right now because the shinui that you create, according to, at least according to the shechita base Hillel, is a shinui ma'isa. Once you've done that, it takes it out of the ownership of the first fellow. You don't have to give it back. Now you only have to pay. So it has to be a type of mechira, which is a mechira that has permanence that the original owner cannot demand it back. That's what the more assumes what the bride is saying right now to ask the question. Av mechira she'enochazeres. Now, Amos, how could it be that the mechira cannot be retracted? How could it be that the owner cannot go after his item if there was a mechira. Shchit, I understand. Shino Maisa, you can't get it back. But why by mechira? Shino Rishus on its own, we're going to see, is meaningless. I can get my item back. So what makes it I can't get it back? So Amos, what's talking about over here? Even if they had not been used, means all there was a Shino Rishus, Samai and Echazeres, why can't you get it back? Bechor Shino Rishus says Rashi on its own is meaningless. Ella must be that there was a Yush here, that it's the Yush and the Shinurishus that make it permanently owned by the buyer, which stops the owner from getting it back. That's why it's similar to Shechita. That's the simplest understanding of this Brysa. Now, now, if you think, like Rav, that the Yush on its own works even without the Shin Rishus, so now, then why are you ever high of Dalad Vehei? As soon as there's a Yush, who becomes the owner? The owner is the, for the thief. Now the thief goes and sells it. How could he be held for responsible for selling it? He's selling his own item. It's not selling the owner's item anymore. Whether he be shechting or selling, he's selling his own thing. On this comes along, the Gemara says, no, you're not understanding the Brysa correctly. When we're saying that we're comparing 
mechira to shechita, it doesn't mean that it's in terms of its permanence, that it's not retractable, that the owner can't go after it. That's not what it means. We're not talking about there was a yush. We're talking about without a yush. With a yush, like you're going to go like Rav, once you, there's a yush, the owner loses the object and therefore you're not going to be Mechaev Donald, but hey, when you sell it, there was no yush. Our question is, but the Brizer says that it's permanent. How could it be compared to Tvicha where there's no yush and it's considered to be permanent? How can you call that permanent? So Moran says like this, what it means permanent means it's got to be a type of sale that under normal circumstances is considered to be a permanent sale. What do I mean by that? It means as follows that it's telling you that let's say the sale, the Ghana sold it to a, a buyer, he sold it for like a, a 30 day lease. I'm selling it to you for 30 days. What the Torah, what the, what the bride is telling you, the Torah would not say that that's a case of Dalit Vehei. It's only considered to be a case of Dalit Vehei where if the intent of the seller, of the thief, is to sell it permanently. Whether mechanically it's a permanent sale because there was no use, maybe it doesn't work, that's not the issue. But in order to be chayev, it's gotta be the type of sale which was a sale that in normal circumstances would be a sale that's forever. But if you do a temporary sale, which is really a lease, on that you're not chayev da'alad vehe. That's all the b'raisa means. It's gotta be compared to, to tvicha. Just as the tvicha is a permanent act, so to the mechira has to be a permanent act. But an act that is done for a short term, that would not be one chayav and dalad vehe. Whether in Lamaisa, legally, halachically, can you get your item back? That's not being discussed over here. And in fact, it's talking about where there was no yush. Because had there been yush, according to the sheet of Rav, you would not have been chayav dalad vehe. Because shaloh tovech, shaloh humocher. Let's see it inside. What's being excluded over here is not a mechira where there was no yush. It's a mechira that was done excluding a case where it was sold for 30 days, a lease. So, so therefore that's, a Rav Sheish's, Rav Na, that's how Rav Nachman explained this later on. We're going to see the Shach Vatari where he brought that up. So here too we're talking about So basically at this point we still, each one has defended their position. According to Rav, yush on its own is Koner. And in fact, the case of Dalit Vehei has to be talking about where there was no use, because if there was a use, you'd be shechting your own animal, you'd be selling your own animal, so it's got to be without a use. Aye, it's not a permanent sale. It is a sale, the intent was permanent. Mechanically, it's not, doesn't matter. But that's the case of Dalit Vehei, whereas according to Rab Sheshis, he learned that no. The case in the Torah is it has to be a permanent sale, like we said, like you compared to like, like Rabbi Akiva, Shalot Averh. I mean, it's, 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 it's got to be with the Yush together with the Shinu Rishus. That's what we're discussing over here. Mesive. Now the Gemara is going to bring three cases. Halt Cup over here, exactly what the cases are, because we're going to be playing with all of these three cases to understand Shad. So let's go through all three cases. Case number one, first wide line, Samachesimadal. Mesevei, frankly, more Akasha is going to be Akasha on the sheet of Rav, that Yush alone is coded. Ganav of Achar Veganvoi, that's the case of our Mishnah, Ganav Achar Ganav. Harish on the Shamtash Lume Kefal. Ganav A has to pay the owner Kefal, that the Chorah he stole for stealing anything, Yuchayev Kefal of Uzgneva. Hasheni, Ganav B, Eina Meshalem Ela Keren Bilvad. Only has to pay Keren. It's not Mibesai, it's not stealing from the house of the owner. He does not pay Kefal on it. And before we deal with why does he have to pay the Keren either? Chorah, if you don't, if Ganav, 
uh, A doesn't own it, why should Ganav B have to give Ganav A the Karen? So I think it's a motion, a different motion is, is, is Irish on, on, on Baba Kama. He says like this, he says that it's Mitzad the laws of Garmi. Because at the end of the day, Ganav A is going to have to pay Kefal both payments, the Karen and the Kefal to the original owner. Now, if Ganav A had the object in his possession, then how much would it have cost him? Let's just say uh, the, uh, the object was $100 and the Kefal is $100. Make it simple. So if he doesn't have the object, how much does he have to give the owner? He has to give the owner $200. Now, if the object was still in his possession, then he would be able to give back the object, would be the Karen, and pay $100, but only cost him $100. So really, by Ganav B stealing from Ganav A, taking away the object, comes out that Ganav B caused Ganav A to spend an extra $100. Because if he would have had that object in his hand, he could have given it back to the owner. So therefore, that's what it's saying. Ganav B does owe Ganav A through the laws of Garmi. He has to pay Ganav A the $100. Or, 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 or because and if the object's intact, it really goes back to the original owner. But let's say the object is no longer intact. Ganav B has to pay Ganav A the $100 that he cost him because now he had to pay an extra, Ganav, an extra $100. But the Kefal, he doesn't have to pay Ganav A because Ganav A wasn't the owner of the object. Uh, the owner was. And that, 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 so that's the first, the first case in the Brysa. So therefore, Ainu El Karen Bilvat. So case number one, Ganav in a Ganav. First Ganav pays Kefal. Second Ganav pays Karen to the first Ganav. First case. Second case. Ganav u'mochar, u'va'achar ve'ganva. So second case we have, Ganav A stole it, sold it to Lokeach. He sold it to a Lokeach. And Ganav B stole it from who? Stole it from the Lokeach. Right? So it's not a Ganav and a Ganav of you. It's a Ganav A stole it, sold it to a Lokeach. Ganav B stole it from the Lokeach. So now let's see the case here. This is going to be a little more complicated. It says, Arishon Mashalam Tashlumi Arvachamisha. Ganav A, since he was Ganav Umachar, he stole, let's say it was an animal, either Shorase, he's gonna have to pay Dalit Vehei to the original owner because he stole and he sold the object. Who did he sell it? He sold it to Lukeach. Vashani, the second Ganav who stole it from the Lukeach, Mashalam Tashlumi Kefal, has to pay Kefal to the Lukeach. Which means that we're saying is the Lokeach is considered to be the owner. Because if Lokeach wasn't the owner, then Ganav B would not have to pay the Lokeach Kefal. So therefore, so we're saying that Ganav A has to pay the original owner, Dalit Vehei. Ganav B pays the new owner, which is the Lokeach, has to pay him Kefal. Okay? We're going to get to these cases in a moment. But let's just go through what they say. Now, so, for, so first case was Ganav and a Ganav. First Ghana pays Kefal, second Ghana pays Karen. Second case was Ganav Umachar, and then somebody Ba'achar Vaganvoy. So Ganav A pays the original owner, Dalit Vehei. Ganav B pays the new owner, the Lokeach, has to pay him Kefal. Case number three. Ganav Umachar, it's Betavach. Now we're not talking about a sale here. Ganav A stole it and shechted it, okay? Now, Ubo Achar Uganvo comes along Ganav B and he steals the steaks. Alright? The animal was shechted, not pieces of meat. Ganav B comes and steals the meat. Alright? Now let's analyze that. 
Ganav A was tav, Ganav a, a, a Tavach. So what would you think Ganav A has to pay the owner? Clearly he should pay the owner Dalet Vehei. But now that he's that it's in stakes, and comes along Ganav B and steals it from him, what would you say Ganav B has to pay Ganav A? No, kind of B, he's not stealing. He's not. He only had if you shechted or slaughtered. So kind of B only stole steaks. He stole stole pieces of meat. So Dalva Hay would not have to pay. He should pay not just the Karen because once kind of A shechted and made it into steaks, who becomes the owner of the steaks? The thief. So if the thief becomes the owner of the stakes, Gan of B should have to pay Gan of A careful. That's what you would assume. But that's not what the ruling is going to be. So let's see it inside. So Gan of the Tavach, the Ba'achar Ganvo, Harishon Mashalam Tashlumi Dal Vehei, Vashaini Ain Mashalam Tashlumi Kefal, Ella Karen Bilvada. And that's going to be difficult to understand. Why does Gan of B not have to pay Gan of A careful? He's stealing stakes. There was a big Shinui. So therefore, it should be owned by Gan of A. If it's owned by Gan of A, Gan of B should have to pay Gan of A careful. Yet the ruling in the third case, he only has to pay him Karen. So we have three cases over here. We're going to be focusing on the middle case. The middle case again was that Ganav A went, stole it, sold it to Lukeach, okay, which makes Ganav A higher than Dalav Ganav B went and stole it from the Lukeach, and it says has to pay Lukeach careful, which means we're looking at the Lukeach as if he owned it. So Ktani Miyad, let's see the Gemara. Ktani Miyad, we learned nevertheless, Mitziato, that the middle case was Ganav Amachar, the Ganav A stole it and sold it, Ganav B came and he stole it from the Lokeyach, Harishon, the first Ganav Misham Tashlumi Dalad Vehei, because he shechted and sold it, Yuchayv Dalad Vehei. Hashem Misham Tashlumi Kevon, now Amos, what's happening over here? Was there Yush or was there not Yush? Now, Ilema Lifnei Yush, let's say there was no Yush. This all transpired and it was before Yush, there was no Yush. Now, if there is no Yush, okay, so now, I can understand you're telling me that you're high of Dalit Vehei, let's say, like we said before, even without Yush, you're high of Dalit Vehei for sale because you are Shana Bechet, how do we explain? That explains why Ghan of A has to pay Dalit Vehei. Why is Ghan of B have to pay Kefal? To the, the, to the buyer. If there was no use, does the buyer really own it? No careful. I mean, no, no, no use. If there's no use, all there was was a sale without it being owned by the first Ghanav. The first Ghanav never owned it and he sold it, then what's the status of this sale? Well, it's, it's the second guy that's buying it from the first Steve. He doesn't even know about the first owner. Does it? So you what do you mean? The, the, what do you mean the first guy, the second guy? There's, 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 there's three guys. Gun of A, right, right, the buyer, and, and, and gun of B. Oh, we're saying Yish. Who's giving the The original owner. The original owner was Mayayish. So if there was no Yish, then that object never left the original owner's uh, ownership. So therefore, when Gan of A sold it, even if you tell me Chayav Dalit Vehei for that, which we've said already could be, but Gan of, but, but the Lokeach, the buyer doesn't own it. If the buyer doesn't own it, when Gan of B steals it from him, why should he have to pay him Kefal? Good 
question. That's the most question. So Elaim Alifnei Yush, if it's talking about that there was no use. Shani Amayim Sham Dashlam Kefal, why should kind of be have to pay the 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 buyer Kefal? Shinu Rishus below Yush. That means all there was was a transference of domain domain from the Ghana to the buyer without Yush. And if a shinner shows below years, me is there any opinion that would hold the Kani that the buyer owns it under such a circumstance? Elipshita must be that the original owner, after it was stolen from him, was Miyayish. Okay? Laachar Yush. Now let's talk about this for a moment. If you hold that Yush and Shinirushus is transferal of, of the item, then it makes sense. Ghan of A has to pay Dalib because he sold it. Lokeach, who bought it, owns it because there was Yush and Shinirushus, and then Ganav B has to pay the Lokeach, Kefal, because he's stealing it from somebody who owns it. But if you hold Yush works on its own, say if the owner was Meyayish, as soon as the owner was Meyayish, who becomes the new owner? The first thief. The first thief. So if the first thief then went and sold it, he shouldn't be Chayav Dalad Vehe. Why shouldn't he be Chayav Dalad Vehe? Because he... He owns it. Because he's selling his own stuff. He's not selling the original owner's thing anymore if there was use. According to Rob, that use on itself works, then this, this ruling is very difficult. If there was no use, there should be no Kful to Ghan of B. If there was use, then there should be no Dalit Vehe for Ghan of A. That's the Gemara's question. Must be use does not work on its own. That's the Gemara's question. So Esau, the I'm, I'm, stu- I'm stuck in the original owner. The original owner just gets shafted all the time. The, the, say it again. The original owner what? The original just gets shafted. Why? The original owner is going to get Dalit Vehe. He gets paid four or five times the object. Oh, okay. He gets paid by the first gun of Dalit Vehe. Now, Esau, Kedaitich, Yush, Kona, if Yush on its own is acquires, I'm Aymasham Dalit Vehe, then the only thing that he should have to pay is Kefal to the original owner. Why is he paying Dalit Vehe? He became the new owner before he sold it. Today, who becomes the Zabin, he's selling his own thing. The Sioux, and more than that, what about if it's talking about that there was a case of Yush, then let's go back to the first case. The first case was a Ghanav and a Ghanav. So it said the first Ghanav has to pay Kefal, the second Ghanav has to pay the first Ghanav Karen. But if there was Yush, then when the second Ghanav took it away from the first Ghanav, then what should the second Ghanav have to pay? Kefal. To who? To the first thief. To the first thief. The Ktani Reisha, Ganav Achar Ganvo, that if they stole and another Ganav came and took it, so it says, Mm-hmm. Why is it only pay Karen? Mehti. It was the Achar Yush Kamin. And if you establish from the second case that we're talking about that there was Yush, so then Isaac Adar the Yush Kohen, if Yush works, like Rav says, on its own without the Shinrashus, then I'm my Enam Shalom Ela Karen. Then why should Ganav B only have to pay Karen to Ganav A? You should have to pay Kefal. El Elav Shmami. No, Yush Lokani. The only way to understand this Brysa is that Yush does not work on its own. The Kashal Rav, and it'll be difficult for Rav. That is Rav Shesh's question on Rav from this Brysa. So I'm a Ravas. Ravas is like this. One of the ways you deal with, you have a Brysa that's difficult. If you can show that a Brysa is inherently a problem, the Brysa does not read. It's called a Meshabashta. It was an un- unedited Brysa. You can't ask questions from an unedited Brysa. What Ravas is going to try and show that this Brysa needs more editing. This Brysa itself, even if you hold that Yush doesn't work on its own, still is going to be inherently difficult and only makes sense after you make the necessarily amendments. You can make those amendments that it will not 
not be difficult on Rav. That's what Rav is going to say. So Amar Rav, is it logical to assume that Hamatar Tzatahi, that this Brisa is an edited Brisa, this Brisa makes sense. So Ella Daktani Sefer, let's go to case number three. What was case number three? It says, Ganavatavach, person went, Ganav A stole it, and he shechted it. And then Ganav B came and stole. Now, what did Ganav B end up stealing? Steaks. Steaks, because it was after the, the, after the Shechita. So it says, First guy pays Dalav Vehei, makes sense. First guy pays Dalav Vehei because he stole and he shechted. The second guy only pays Karen. Why should the second guy only pay Karen? If it may, there was a Shinoi, what was the Shinoi over here? Well, it was ready to stakes before he stole it. So because he turned it from, a, from, from an animal into stakes. That's a big shinui. Therefore, the owner should be considered who? The first thief. And if the first thief is the owner, then what should the second thief pay the first thief? Kefal. So therefore, is there any halachic opinion? Everyone passes like Basilo that holds shinui ma'isa like that a huge shinui like this is not going to be called a shinui of ma'isa. So therefore, this brisa doesn't make sense altogether. That third case clearly shows you there's a mistake in the brisa, and we have to change shot in the brisa. So la olam yush. But you have to say all three cases there was no yush. Now all three cases not being yush, we come we came out with prob- the problems in that. So Moses, says, but the way you have to understand it, the apoch sefer The ruling of the second case and the ruling of the third case have to be flipped. When you flip all three cases and you talk about when there was no Yush, then you flip the second and third case, then all three cases without Yush make sense. Let's go through it and explain it. So the first case was Ganav and Aganav. First guy stole from the, uh, from, from the owner. Second guy stole from the first Ganav. So therefore the first guy pays cable to the owner. There was no Yush. Bottom line is the first guy owes the second guy, owes Kefal to the owner. Second guy stole it from the first guy. There was no Yush. This was no Yush. Therefore, there was the, the, the first Ganav never owned it. The first guy never, Ganav never owned it. So what's the ruling of the second Ganav? Ganav in a Ganav. The most he can be held responsible for is what? Karen. Karen, which Karen. is what he says. And that's, that case works. Now let's go to the second and third cases. Say, Mahachi, say the following. Ganav, now this is going to be case number two. Ganav Umachar, he stole it. And he sold it. And then a second thief came and took it from the buyer, from the Lokeya. That makes sense. Ganav, Umachar. We're not dealing with it was Yush over here, but you're still Chaya because you sold it with the intent to make it a permanent sale. So you have to pay Dalad Vehe. Now, Hasheni, the second Ganav, who stole it from the Lokeach, now that we've flipped it around, so instead of saying that he has to pay Kefal, now it's going to say, because it's the ruling of the third one, it applies to the second one, Hashena Eina Meshalem Ela Keren, only has to pay Keren, why does he only have to pay Keren to the buyer? Because since there was no Yush, the buyer technically doesn't own it. If he doesn't own it, the only thing you have to give is what? The second Ganav does not have to pay Kefal, all he has to pay is... Karen, he does not have to pay. The Shinira shows below Yush, Lokani, because the buyer did not own it without, a, uh, without Yush, and therefore the, the second Ganav cannot have, does not have to pay Kefal. Now, let's go to the third case. Ganav Vitovach, 
So we said the third third case was the person stole it and he shechted it. So the chora, the first ganav now is the owner. No yush. Doesn't matter. You don't need yush over here. Bach, or now somebody else comes and steals it from the, steals the stakes. Now that we flip the second ruling and the third ruling, instead of saying is the ganav pays kera, now what does it say? The ganav pays the the second ganav has to pay the first ganav what? Kefal makes sense. Why does he have to pay kefal to the second ganav? Because he stole his stakes. It's his stakes. Why is it his stakes? Because once he shechted it, the animal, the stakes now belong to the ganav, not the owner. He has to pay the owner. Dalad hey, fine, but he's the owner of the stakes. So therefore, to the original owner, and the second ganav because he owns it now, he owns the stakes with a shinri maisa, the act of shechita, turning into stakes now makes him the owner. That is the way to understand it. Now we have to re-edit it based on the difficulty we had in the third ruling. We re-edited it and said that the ruling that applied to the third ruling now applies to the second, second ruling applies to the third, talking about all before years, and that's how it makes sense. Rapapa doesn't like it because Rapapa said that, you, that the last resort should be re-editing a brisa, and he's going to try and make it work with Without re-editing, so Rapapa Amar Do not switch it around. So now Lachora, how do we understand? Because the difficulty we had was the third case. The third case is what prompted us to re-edit. Because the third case was that the Ganav came shechted it, turns it into stakes, and comes along Ganav B and steals it from Ganav A. So Lechora, why shouldn't Ganav B have to pay careful? The stakes are now owned by Ganav A, not the original owner. Says Rav Papa is that I'll tell you how to, without re-editing, the way to understand the Brisa is that we're going in the Shita of Beishamai that we had yesterday. Beishamai's Shita was that a Shinoi, even a Shinoi Maisa, does not change the item's ownership. The stakes are still owned by the original owner. Well, if the stakes are still owned by the original owner, when Ganav A steals it from Ganav B, the most you can hold Ganav B responsible for is what? Karen only. He cannot, does not have to pay careful. Why does he not have to pay careful? Because the, he's not stealing it from the, from, from the, the thief, he's not the owner, and therefore he cannot be careful from stealing it from the thief. That's what Yatra Papa says. He says, the oil of the table, do not switch it around, and Sefer Beishamai, the Sefer is going like the Shita of Beishamai, the Amri that holds Shinu ibn Koma Omen, the Shinu always remains in its place. Now the problem is that you're going to have a problem now understanding the first and second case. If it's going like the Shita of uh, of 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 base base shamai, and we're talking about over here that the reason why you you, you still you don't have to pay cable is because the shinui did not ma- the, the shinui doesn't make it uh, belong to the to the ganav. So how are you going to explain the first and second case? Let's understand why that's still going to be difficult. Because what we're saying is as follows. All right. Uh, the first case was Gonav Minaganev. Alright, there was a Gonav Minaganev. And we said that uh, the first. And, and, uh, so the, the, let, let's understand again. Um, uh, if it's talking about where there was a Yush, so then the Chora, the second fellow. Well, let's go, let's go with the second case first. The second case was it's Ganav, a person stole it and he sold it. Ganav sold it, and then someone stole it from the uh, second Ganav. So we said over there, in that case, 
you have to pay the first ganav has to pay the the the, 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 the second ganav has to pay the owner kefil. So he said lechora. Why does he have to pay kefil in that case? Right? If the if there was no use, so then the the, sec, the, the the buyer doesn't own it. Why should? And if there was use, then why would the first fellow have to pay? Uh, why would the first fellow, why would he have to pay, uh, the first fellow have to pay dollar behave? If it was Yush, he owns it. He sold something that he owns. So that was the problem from the middle case, all right? That if you're not flipping around, you're gonna have that problem. Now, let's say, uh, and, and what about in the Reisha? Kasha, Reisha, but see, why is the Reisha? Well, the Reisha is gonna be difficult because if, you, if there was Yush, so then why should the Ganev not, according to Rav, why should the second Ganev not have to pay the first Ganev, Kefal. Why is he part from Kefal? Is it because he doesn't own it? Yush makes the, second, the first Ganev own it, so the second Ganev should have to pay the first Ganev. So you're still going to have to have, even if you don't flip it around, you want to say it's going like the Shita Beishamai, you're still going to have difficulty trying to explain the first and second cases according to Rav Popa's explanation. So let's see how we do this. So therefore, Sakasha Reisha Metziatul Rav. So I'm Rav Zvid. Le'olam Kulo Lifnei Yush. Let's say it's all going before Yush. Yush did not happen, all right? Now, and the case is like this. So there was no Yush when, it, when the Ghana stole it. So the third case works out, he shechted it, and still the, the second Ghana does not have to pay the first Ghana uh, Kefal. It's going like the Shita of Beishamai, and the Shita of Beishamai makes it that uh, the original owner uh, never loses ownership, even with a Shinemaisa, and therefore you don't have to pay the second kind of, does not have to pay the first kind of Kefal, but he has to pay him the Karen. Fine. Now, let's go to the first case. The first case works out too. There was no Yush, so therefore Ghanav and Aganav, so he doesn't have to pay, uh, uh, there's no Yush. The first Ghanav never owned it. Second Ghanav only has to pay him Karen. What about the middle case? That's the case that's going to be problematic. All right? Ghanav, the first person stole it, and sold it to the buyer. So now there's no use, doesn't matter. He has to pay Donald Vahey for his act of stealing and selling. Now comes along the second thief and he steals it from the buyer. So it says that he has to pay the buyer Kefal. Our question was, how should he have to pay the guy Kefal? There's no use, why should it be owned by the buyer? That was our problem. So what the Mara is going to suggest is like this. There was no use when it was in the hands of the first thief. When did the owner give up on it? After it was sold. After it was sold, then there was a use. We'll see exactly why that's going to be the scenario. But he sold. Now, the Chiddush of Rav Papa was, even though usually use and Shinya Rishus transfers it to the new owner, he holds it could be Shinya Rishus first, and then it could be the use. But the bottom line is, so when the first... Uh, when the Ghanav sold it, it was still the owner's because it was before Yush. Now he sold it to the buyer. When he sells it to the buyer and now the original owner gives up hope, who becomes the new owner? The buyer. The buyer. Now that the second thief steals it from the buyer, what does he have to pay the buyer? That, and that's the ruling. That's the case over here. That's how you have to explain it. So really, there was no Yush in the hands of the first Ghanav. No Yush. 
First case, second case, third case, no Yush. The only thing in the middle case, there was a Yush, not in the hands of the guy. The Yush came after the Shinu Rishus. That's how you'd have to explain it. That's what Rabbi is going to say. We're dealing with over here. That the talks about where the Bailim was Miyayish only after it came to the hands of Lokeach, but it not take place in the hands of the Ganev. It's still considered a Yush. Now, think, remember what, we, what we're saying this. We're going in the sheet of Rav. According to Rav, Yush works on its own. You don't have to have a Shinu Rishus. So it doesn't have to have that it got to the hands of the buyer in order for the Yush to be effective. Just happens to be, that's the case over here. The Yush only took place after the buyer bought it, which is why the, first got, the second Ganev has to pay the buyer careful. What the Gemara is asking is, it still would seem to be difficult on the sheet of Rav. Because why is it that the Tana picked a case where when did the Yush happen? Only after the buyer bought it, right? The Yush happened after the buyer bought it. That implies that it had to be, that the Yush had to go together with the buyer, right? Why does it have to be together with the buyer? Because you need to still have the Yush together with the Shinya Rishus, right? It's, it, it's, it, that's what it seems to be saying, that you need to have the Yush working with the buyer in order to obligate the, uh, uh, in, in order to obligate the second thief, second thief. to have the, have the Kefal, in order to obligate the second thief, the Kefal, right? Now, what the one is saying is like this, that, so, so the question is like this, why, why does it have to be like that? In order, if you want to come out, you want to create a, a situation where there should be careful on the second uh, on the on the second thief according to rob why do you have to have the buyer you could have it just if it's stolen direct if there was yush and it was stolen by the second buyer from the first buyer the second buyer would have to pay careful means it's much but this is the way you can come up with a way that the second thief has to pay careful where there was a buyer involved and, and the yush happened in the hands of the buyer it's much but if there was no buyer involved and the, there was huge, and it was, and the second thief stole it from the first thief. Then what have it been the case? Then they would not have been careful. But according to Rav, that's not true, because according to Rav, Yush works independently of a shinurishus. So why does it have to create a situation of that the, there's careful by the second thief when there's a buyer involved? According to Rav, there could be careful involved directly when there's just Yush first by, by the first Ghana, the second Ghana would have to be careful. Why does it have to come under a situation where there is a buyer involved to create the situation of cable? Now, that's the question, which, which seems to imply that therefore Yush on its own does not work. The Gemara's response to that is going to be, is it's true that you don't need to have the buyer to create a situation that there will be careful on the, on, on the second thief. Doesn't it, it, you don't need to have the buyer because, but but so then why did it have to bring in the buyer? Because bringing in the buyer is the only way you can create a situation that the first thief will pay dollar behay and the second thief will pay kefal. If you don't have a buyer in the middle, then the first thief would not be paying kefal if there was yush. Why would they not? I'm not paying, be paying dollar behay if there was yush. Why would it not pay dollar behay if the yush happened while it was still in the hands of the first thief? Why would there not be dollar behay? Because if he sold it after yush, according 
according to Rav, what would happen? He's selling his own item. The reason we have to make the Yush come in after the transaction is we're trying to create a situation where he could still hold the first thief Dalit Vehei and he could still hold the second thief Kefal. The only way that could happen is if there's Yush in the hands of the buyer. Otherwise, it's not going to be creating, there will not be a situation where there's Dalit Vehei by the first thief because he'll be ending with selling and buying his own item. That's what the most answer is going to be. So Chaim says like this. Question, question. What, didn't we say before that you, the first guy, uh, when he does a second sin by either selling it or, or whatever, he's obligated in dollar behavior? Is that exclusive of Yiddish or not? Really, when you say a guy doubled down, you say he stole it and then he sold it. Well, that was the crux. The crux is, is it because of the use or is it because you just, you double down? That was the issue. We, we, we said, according to the opinion that holds that use works on its own, then you would not be high of dollar Vehei in that case because then you're not selling somebody, you're selling your own item. So you have to learn that it's not, there was no use. There was no use. Then with horror, what is, what, it's, not, it's not a permanent sale. Yeah, but you double down. You try to do an Avera twice. That's the point that was said. Why is it like this? So says the more of a lot The reason why the buyer is brought in over here is not because we need a buyer to create a yush and shinoshush situation. That's not why you have a kafel. The kafel is because the uh, just because of the yush on its own. El afilu biyush would create a kafel on the ganav to pay the 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 the, the, the buyer. The nami kani gabe ganav concerning the ganav. Because there's no way to create a situation that there'd be Dalit Vehei by the first Ganev and Kevel by the second Ganev without introducing the Lekech in between because if the according to Rav Yush itself is Kona, then the first Ganev will not be Chayv Dalvei That's why we have to introduce the buyer but not because we need a Shin Rishos. Okay, let's go on. Itmar. This itself was stated. Now this comes, this mamish, all the points that we discussed till now are going to be brought up. A person sold and there was no use. Rav Nachman Amar Chayev. Rav Nachman says you're still Chayev Dalit Vehei. Even though, bear in mind, the sale will not be a permanent sale because if there was no use, then the Chorah, the, the owner can come back and take it because it's his item still. Nevertheless, you're still Chayev Dalit Vehei for the, the sale. Rav Sheja's Amar Potter. Rav Sheja says, such a sale, you'll be exempt from having made such a sale. Rav Nachman Amar Chayev. Rav Nachman says, you're Chayev. Umechara Amar Rachmana. The Torah says, you're Chayev for selling. For Hazavin, you sold it. Who cares whether or not there was Yush and whether or not the sale is going to last forever? Doesn't matter. The bottom line, you sold somebody else's item. You're Chayev Dal Vahey, even when there was no Yush. Now Rashi points out, according to Rav Nachman, he said it makes no difference was there Yush or no Yush, clearly he doesn't hold like Rav, because according to Rav, if there was Yush, then the, 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 then the, buy, the seller would own it, and he would not be Chayv Dal Vehei. But this guy, you see that Rav, Rav Nachman holds that Yush itself doesn't work, it only works with the Shini Rishos. So therefore, either way, was there Yush or no Yush, either way, you're Chayv Dal Vehei. You're the Chayv Dal Vehei because you made a permanent sale if there was Yush and Shini Rishos, or you're Chayv where there's no Yush, because you, anyway, you're Chayv because you, you try to double down on the Aveira. Rav Sheshis Amar Potter. 
The only time you're high is if there was yush and then you sold it. Because then your, your, your sale, your actions were effective. In order to be high for the mechira, it has to be a real mechira. The only way it could be an effective mechira if there was yush first, Together with the Shinur Shus, then the owner can't get it back. Then you're Chayav Dalavei. Abu Lefnei Yush, had there not been a Yush, to law animize of your actions would be ineffective. Lo Mechayav, you're not Chayav Dalavei. Why? Because do me the Tvicha, because the Torah juxtaposed Shrita and Tvicha. Shrita and Tvicha, Shechting together. The Hanimaisa, just the Shrita is an irreversible act. The sale has to be an irreversible act. The only way the sale can be an irreversible act is if you hold that there was Yush first. So you see over here that there's three opinions. Both Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis do not hold Yush works on its own. According to Rav Nachman, you don't need Yush, even if it's a reversible act. Bottom line is you're chayev for the Mechira. According to Rav Sheshis, you're only chayev if it's like Tvicha, that it's non-reversible. It can only be non-reversible if, it was and shinrush, if there, was, uh, there was a uh, Yush and Shinra Shus. No Yush and Shinra Shus. The act is reversible. You're not chayev. And then you have Rav Shita that it cannot be talking about was a Yush because Yush, you own it on its own. So the sale could only be talking about where there was no Yush. Cannot be talking about where there was a Yush. I'm Rav Sheshis. How do I know that I'm right, that it has to be that there was a Yush involved? To Sanya, we had this before, because you have rooted down in that one assumes right now means you've created a rooting in, this, in, the, in the object, you so you have roots that now the object cannot be returned. Now, Amos, when can it not be returned? Elaine Lifnei Yush, if it's before Yush, the Chorim Ikanishtarish, how does that make it that it's deep rooted now can't be returned? Before Yush, the sale is not a sale. El Alav Laachar Yush must be there was a Yush who? That is Rav Sheshis' proof that it's talking about Davka after Yush. Yush doesn't work on its own, but it does work with Shin Rushus, and then it's compared to the Tvicha. And this, I'm a Rava, we had it before. That's what it was referencing over here. Rava says, that what Rabbi Yakiva doesn't mean, it's not that the object cannot be returned. It means that you've done something that shows that you're willing to repeat the Aveira. You're trying to take it further away from the owner. You shechted it. You sold it. Even if and legally it's ineffective, but you're chayv dalav hey. Not and and it's talking about. It doesn't have to be that there was a yush. Toshaman that the one has a kasha tvacha mecharei. The brosuk says shechting and juxtaposing with sale. So mahatvicha she'ena ruchazeres. The brayzer says beferish. That just as a shechita is irreversible, so to ab mechirush and a chazeret has to be an irreversible sale. So lechara emas, how could it be irreversible? Elam, it's not yush. Yush should not happen. Amay and a chazeret, then why can't the owner get the object back? Elam has become a achar yush. There was a yush, and that's what made it irreversible, and that's where you chayv dalav hey. So shmaim and now chiv lachar yush. See from here, the said the chiv is only after yush, and the yush cannot be working on its own, but there has to be a yush together with shirushus that makes it irreversible. Kasha on. Rav Nachman. This is the Nakasha on Rav Nachman. That's Rav Sheshis' Nakasha on Rav Nachman. So Gemara says like this. So says the Gemara, Targum Rav Nachman, the way Rav Nachman explained like we saw before, is Prat Lashihikni Loloshloshim Yong. The case he's talking about, what it means, it's got to be that it's not reversible. It doesn't mean that it's a sale that there was no yush, that has to be a yush that made reversible. It means it has to be a type of sale that normally would be irreversible. It cannot be a lease. That's all it's coming to tell me. So therefore, Prat Lashihikni Loloshim Yong, if it was only a 30 day lease, you know, Chayv Dal It has to be a permanent sale in terms of the intent of the seller. That's all it means. 
Uh, right. Now, all right. So, bottom line is, we have our positions cut out for ourselves. One is Af Rabbalazer that Rabbalazer also savele chiyuve l'achayush. He holds. He agrees with Rab Sheishis that you're only chayiv if the sale is permanent, which means there was a yush. That yush and shinushus makes it permanent. Where do we see this? Am Rabbalazer, because Rabbalazer said as follows: Teida, you should know. I'm bringing you a proof. There's a machlokas when there's stam gnev or stam zeil. Which one inherently has in it, implicitly has in it yush? He says, Taylor, you should know stam gnev that under normal circumstances, a person has something stolen from him. He doesn't know who the person is. He's automatically miyash. There's yush bailim who. How do we know that? Shari amra Torah because the Torah says that after the gnev of his tovach lemachar misham tashlumi arba chamisha, you have to pay four or five times lechora. That uh, how do you know you have to pay four or five times by the mechira? The chorah, if there was no yush, then there wasn't a valid sale. If there was no valid sale, then why would you have to pay davs? A deal Maybe the person wasn't a yaish. Elalav must be that you see from the Torah implicit with every ganeva is what? There's an automatic yush. So therefore, Mishum Daminim, Stam Gneva, Yush Bailam. So every mechira after a ganeva was a shidrashus with a ready implicit yush. That's respect to Gemara. How do you know that? Maybe the Torah is holding you responsible even without a yush. Maybe a chayav daralvei, like we saw, that was uh, Rav Nachman's shita. How do we see that it has to be that there was a yush? So Amri, the Bnei Yeshiva, answered, I wouldn't think you're chayav, according to at least the position of Rav Elazar and the position of Rav Sheshes, where there was no yush. Because because you have to compare it to shechita. Just the shechita, your actions were effective and cannot be reversed. Av mechira, so it has to be the type of mechira to hanu ma'isev. So ilif ne yush, and if it happened before yush, how did these, how is his actions effective? It could go, it goes back to the owner if there was no yush. Says the Gemara, how do you know that Rabbi how does Rabbi know that implicit in the Gneva there was a yush? Maybe it's told in a case where you heard the guy after it was stolen from his Mayayish, but how can you assume that every sale is that way? So Gemara says, every Gneva is that way. But Dilma de Shma'ina de Yayish, maybe it's we heard there was Mayayish. So Amr ibn Shiva answered, Lo I would have thought that. Because again, the fact that Torah compares the Dalit Vehe of, 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 of sale to Dalit Vehe of Shrita, Ma Tvicha La'alta, just as Tvicha immediately, you don't have to wait to hear anything. You're Chayav Dalit as soon as you do the act. So Mechira Alta must be immediately without having to hear it. So if you didn't hear it, then why Chayav? Because implicit in every Geneva, there is a Yush. Amalei Rab Yochana. Now we're going to have Machlokas Rab Shlokish that, that hovers over this very point here. Gneva benefesh techiyach. He says kidnapping in the Torah, you're only chayiv if you, if you kidnap somebody, it's a capital offense, and you sell the person, or you, 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 you use them for labor, you do something with it. But it's, you have to sell, right? So now, we know, Raji says, there's no yush. The interesting Rashi here. Rashi the person can't be mayayish on himself. A person can be mayayish on an object that he lost, but you never lose yourself. So therefore, there is no yush. And yet, you're chayev for the ganav machar of kidnapping. So you see that you don't need yush. This is Amalei Ryochanan, Gneva Benevish Dachiach, She'en Yush Bailem. There's never a Yush to Bailem. Bailem is the person himself who's been stolen, who's been kidnapped, right? V'chayev, and that's yet your Chayev for the Gan of Umachar there. V'chlal, right? So therefore, you don't see, you don't need Yush. V'chlal, the Savar Rabbi Yochanan, Lifnei Yush Chayev. From here we can see that Rabbi Yochanan's Shita is that the Torah is Machayev you for Gan of Umachar, Gan of Atavach. The Gan of Umachar does not need Yush. It's bringing a ride from kidnapping. So Lifnei Yush Chayev, but so what we see is you don't need the yush. What happens if there was a yush? 
are you going to be chayev for the sale or not? Now that really depends whether he holds of Rav or not. If he holds like Rav, that, that Yush on its own is Kona, then you would not be chayev because then you're selling your own item. If he doesn't hold that Yush on its own is chayev, you need Yush and Shin Rishus, so then he could be chayev. All he's saying is you don't need the Yush, but even with the Yush, you'll be chayev Dalvei. That's the Gemara's question over here. So Gemara says like this, Michal the Sav Rabbi Yechanan, Lifnei Yush Chayev, but Lachar Yush Mai, what be after Yush? Someone says Rabbi Yochanan Chayev. Rabbi Yochanan holds Yush doesn't work on its own, and therefore, even if it was Yush, you'll still be Chayev because it doesn't become yours automatically until the Shini Rishus, and at that point, you're already Chayev the Dal Vehei. Reish Lagish Amar Potter. He holds like Rav that if there was Yush, you cannot be Chayev Dal Vehei. Why can't you be Chayev Dal Vehei if there was Yush? Because what you're selling now is no longer the owner's; you're selling your own item. He says, Potter. Rabbi Yochanan Mechayev, he holds the obligation in the Torah, like, like, like the Shita of Rav Nachman before. And Reish Lokish Amar Potter, like the Shita of Rav. Now the more assumes right now the case is somebody stole an animal and then he consecrated the animal. And then he went and shechted the animal that he consecrated. He pays the kefal to the original owners. But there's no arba chamisha over here. Raji says there's no arba chamisha, there's no da'ave to hegdish because if you don't have to pay them kefal, which we know there's a pasuk that says re'eyu, you're not chayv kefal to Hegdish. So if there's no Kefal, then you can't get to Dalit Vehei because it's built on Kefal. So there's only Kefal to the original owners. There's no Dalit Vehei here. Now what's the case? Amos. Elam Lefnei Yush. If what you consecrated, you stole and consecrated, there was no Yush, then how could you have consecrated it? Mikadish, you don't own the animal to consecrate it. Ish kiyagdish as beso. The Torah says when you magdish something, it has to be as beso. You have to own the house. Kadish, Amarachmana. Ma beso shalot, just as a house is Kadish. Of course, so to all cases of hektish, you have to own it. You can't be magdish something you don't own. Elapshita must be that there was Yush. So you were magdish it, you were magdish it, and, and, and there was a Yush. Now, and now, and, and you're Chayev, why? Because there was the Yush with the Shin Rishus. The Shin Rishus is the Hegdish. Now, time of the Hegdish, that's what made it that, you're, that, you, that you are, uh, so that, that's how you were able to be Makdish. The Yush with the Shin Rishus, it happens together, you're Chayev. Now, that's why you're Potter in the Dalad Vehei, because when you Shechted, it was already Hegdish. The implication was that if you had not Hemakdish and you just Shechted it, that Lechora, Chamisha. The Chikatavach, the Hegdish Katavach, the time you Shechted it, it already belongs to the Hegdish, and there's no Dalad Vehei to Hegdish. Avalo Hegdish, Mashma, if you weren't Makdish it, then Tavach, Masham, Tashlum, Arba Chamisha. And if you shechted it, you would be Chayev. Now, why would it be Chayev? The, the person was Mayayish. So the Kasha is this is what Yochanan is asking on Rish Lakish. You see, from here, Yush can't work on its own. Because if Yush worked on its own, then why would it be Chayev down the Hay? Visa, Gadad, Yush, Kone, if Yush is Kone on its own, Amai, Mashalem, Shalom, Tavach, Shalom, Mocher, must be that you're not, that Yush, yush on its own doesn't work. Amalaz, Rish Lakish answered of Yochanan, they got the case wrong. The case wasn't that you stole from an owner an animal and the thief was Magdashid. The case was, you stole from the owner an animal and the owner tried to be Magdashid, not the thief. That's the case over here. He says, <laughs> The Bailim were the ones who were Magdashid. Biyad Ganav, in the hands of the Ganav. And that's the case over here. So it became Hegdash because the, the owner was the one who was Magdashid. Now, when Moore just says, we're going to just leave off with this question. Moore says, that wouldn't work either. Because we're going to see, in order to be Magdash, you need two points. You need to be the owner, but it also has to be in your control. 
if it was stolen from you, you might still be the owner, but it shouldn't become hegdish because it's no longer in your control. Me kadosh, is it kadosh? I'm Rabbi Yochanan. If it was stolen and the owner did not give up hope, neither one can make it kadosh. Because one, because it's not his, the other one, because it's not his, in control. So therefore, the answer which Lokish is giving is predicated on, they're saying the owner was Makdashid while the Ghanav had it, and that's how it became kadosh, and therefore, it's not talking about whether it was Yush. It wasn't the Yush that made it uh, able to be Makdashid, it was the owner was Makdashid that answer is difficult because if the owner does not have it because it's not in his control he should not be able to mock the shit we will revisit this tomorrow gentlemen have a good day